you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. When you get offered a graduate job, take it. Unless you have red flags, unless you really, really know that this is not the job for you, you can decline it, fine? If there's like the panel, and I want you to think about this, when you go through the process, you apply, you call the manager, you apply, you interview, you do your OSCE, you do whatever tests they throw your way, I call it nursing survivor. Think of that whole process as you getting to know them and gathering information about whether or not they're your best fit, whether they fit what you need from a job and a career. Okay, we don't just make decisions based on people needing us. We take a job based on the facts that, hold on, we vetted you, you vetted me, I vetted you. And I'm deciding with the information I've collected that this is the right fit for me. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to High Performance Nursing with me, Liam. I hope you're all well. I'm jumping on to do my weekly grad nurse career Q&A question and answer offer you guys some live coaching, some free coaching, see what you need, see what you want to explore, ask any questions that you might have about building your graduate nursing career. What does that look like? If you're not a graduate nurse, let us know in the chat. Let's explore what's going on in your career. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Questions on your career, whether you're a grad or whether you're a senior nurse, drop them in the chat. Let's coach. I'm going to be here for the next 20 minutes and let's dive in just back quietly watching i love that stevie drop a question <laughs> there's no harm in dropping a question they can be about anything it can be about cvs cover letter selection criterias interviews what do the panels do what do they not do what top tips do i have let me know what is coming up for you now whilst you guys do that in the comments below ask any of your questions and i'll get to them I've been thinking a lot about and coaching a lot with our grads and with nurses that get in touch with us around this idea of just because you can doesn't mean you should, okay? And I really want you to think about this in your career. Lots of people tend to have lots of ideas, especially if you're a high performer. You are likely to have so many different potential possibilities and pathways. But I really love coming back to this idea of like, yes, of course you can do heaps of different things, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. I'll give an example of this. Recently, I had a senior nurse get in touch with me and they kept saying to me, I could do this job with my eyes closed. But when I asked them, 
why they really wanted to take this job and why they wanted to make this shift in their career from their dream job. They had their dream job, but they felt all this pressure to move forward into a different job. Their reason wasn't compelling enough. Of course, they can do the job with their eyes closed. But then what? Like when you get the job, you have to live the reality of the job and you have to work through that. So I want you to give yourself permission that if that resonates with you and you're thinking, I can do this, ask yourself, yeah, of course you can do this, but do I want to do this? Do I like my reason why I am doing this? Should I do this? Is this the right decision for me? And the way that you know whether or not something is right for you is you just like your reason why you do it. There's no secret sauce. There's no guru that's going to be able to tell you the right or the wrong. You get to decide in that moment what is best for you. And for this amazing human, that's what exactly happened. They just decided. They just said, hey, I'm deciding ahead of time that this is not the thing for me. And I'm choosing not to move forward. Even though I can, I'm not going to do that to myself. So I wanted to drop that with a bit of wisdom with you today. We've got a question. In New South Wales, after you graduate from nursing, what happens next? Oh, that is such a good question. <laughs> I have no clue. Okay, give me more specifics. Do you mean in general what happens? Or is there something specific there? Let me know. And I'll get back to that in a second. Jessica, hey, is it in our best interest to put in our application early when applications open? Oh, such a good question. Or does it make no difference if you apply early or closer to the closing date? This is a really good question. The short answer to this is apply when you're ready with all of the things that you're confident that you've done your best potential work, right? That's when you submit it. Because if you're just sitting for, I don't know, X, Y, Z reasons or like maybe myths from the industry, like if you submit it within the last hour, you're the top of the pile. It's not really how it works, right? And what happens depending on the hospital, they'll either have a HR system that literally will just spit it all to the manager. So the manager will get a big dump into their inbox and it will literally be all of the different options, all the different people. And there'll be no kind of order or the system will just match them in order of like A to Z, right? Or it's like super old fashioned and it goes straight to their email as they come in. But they will literally probably just go into somebody's email, like an email inbox, and they'll sit there until we're ready to review them, especially at the graduate stage. For jobs, as you move through your career, there might only be three people that apply. So the manager might look at them as they come in. But I don't think that it really does matter when you apply. If you've got it done and dusted and you're happy with it and you've had it reviewed and you've checked it over, Jessica, submit it. Get it off your mind, get it away from your cognitive space and move on to the next thing. I hope that that answers your question. Let me know. It'd be good to know if I've answered that for you. Mullins Bronte, sorry, when you graduate, can you just go out and apply for jobs or is there certain things you have to do before you can apply? No, no, don't apologize for not being clear. I'm always going to ask more questions. So I love that. If you're a 2023 graduate nurse and you're thinking of joining us in the GCLP program, the only program in the industry that is going to catapult your career options and guarantee you a grad, listen up. I want you to hear this amazing story from one of our 2022 graduates. Hello everyone. So I chose to be involved in the graduate career launch program, which was absolutely incredible. The program helped me achieve my goals because I have actually landed my dream role at a hospital that I've always wanted to work at, which I never thought was possible until joining this program. 
The most valuable part of the program was definitely being able to connect with like-minded nursing students and nurses and just, you know, feel connected, feel a part of a community that is so encouraging of your goals and your dreams. And it's honestly so flexible. I would definitely say to anybody thinking about joining, 100% do it. 100% do it. My uni did not support us through this process so if you're looking for help with interview prep and application support and mindset support like me 100% definitely look into joining the program and even book a call with Liam and he can help you through it and decide if it's a right fit for you so yeah 100% do it so good question when you graduate can you just go and apply yes There are four main pathways that I teach, okay? Number one, you can apply for graduate programs. You can go all in and apply for all the programs. I recommend you apply for all of them. Don't just apply for one, apply for them all. Because you want options at this point in your career. You want all of the options laid out in front of you. Think of like a buffet. You want a buffet of career potential options. That's what you do when you apply for all the things. So that's the first path. The second path is applying for a graduate program, but a specialty program. So like critical care, ED, ICU, periop, mental health. Now you could argue that everything is a specialty, right? It is in its own right, but the hospitals don't look at it that way. So you get to decide. So that would be the second approach. The third approach is more of like an international nursing approach. I don't know if you fall into that bucket or that category, but if you're an international nurse, you want to do the first two things that I've talked about, but you also then want to go out and create different opportunities for yourself through networking, through using LinkedIn, through approaching hospitals directly, through finding people that are potentially going to sponsor you. And then the fourth and final approach is nursing on your terms. So this is for people that don't necessarily want to go down the path of a grad program. They don't want to do a specialty program, either not an international nurse, or maybe they are. They know what they want and they want to go out into the industry and they want to create that job. So, for example, what comes to mind would be like GP nursing. There's typically not a lot of those programs out there where it's like, come and be a GP nurse and you're going to get 12 months of X, Y, and Z. That would be a nursing on your own terms pathway. But you could also nurse on your own terms in the sense that if you really want to work in a hospital in one ward for the next 10 years and that's where you want to be or for the next year, for the next six months... You can go out and create that experience for yourself by just directly applying, connecting and networking with the organisation. So this is why I say to people, when you go through your application process and you go through your degree, TAFE or uni, keep thinking about what am I enjoying? What do I like doing? Which places really lit me up? Did I like the culture here? Did I not like the culture there? Would this be a great employer for me? And then create options based on that. I hope that answers your question. But the long story short, Also, there are four pathways, but outside of that, you can do whatever the heck you want. (laughs) I'm one of the few people that will tell you, if you want to go and set up a nursing aged care agency or set up a business like a home care and NDIS, if you want to become a nurse coach, if you want to become a patient advocate, all of these things are available to you. You can go out and create all of them. Okay, so how exciting. You just got to pick one and move forwards. Okay, and not indulge in confusion about the options. Let me know if that resonates. Bronte, Ainsley, hey Liam, my heart is drawn to ED, but I know it's super competitive for a grad position in Victoria. Do you have any advice on writing applications surrounding a specific area of nursing? Yes, I do. This is my jam. Are you sitting tight? Let's do this. So ED is super competitive, but I want you to think about every potential job as being super competitive, right? Because like it takes the 
energy away from like it just being ED or just being OSU. There are just as many people that want to be in medicine and surgery and mental health. Those people just tend to not talk about it as much, right? ED and ICU, like we're gung-ho and we're ready and we want to rock and roll and change the world. So I want you to reframe that in your mind, like all of the jobs are super competitive. So number one, don't let that stop you from applying, okay? Eva, I know you might not be doing that, but some people will be like, oh, it's too competitive. I'm not even going to bother. No, put your hand into the ring. Give yourself the opportunity. Create that opportunity for yourself. Now, when it comes to writing applications surrounding a specific area of nursing. If you are finishing this year and you have not gone and downloaded my free resource, it, the link is in the bio. It is an application guide. And I could talk through these four different main pathways I just spoke about with Bronte. In there, I'm going to break down what you should be thinking about, what you should be doing as you approach your application. So that's a really great starting point. I also have the podcast where I've talked about applying for specialty programs. But whilst I have you here and your full attention, my top piece of advice for really standing out is making sure that your applications, one, are aesthetically amazing. So it's my ABC approach. They're aesthetically amazing. Okay, so they look really good because the first thing they're going to see is how good they look. Number two, we want to make sure that they're branded. Now, branded means a couple of different things. They're consistent across all your documents, your CV, cover letter, selection criteria. They're also branded in the sense that you've put your little personal brand on it. You've told your story in a compelling way that stands out from other people, from the 300 million other people that are applying and drawing upon your uniqueness. And then branded with the specialty, the hospital, the organization, a flavor of that needs to be included through the application. So what does that look like, right? You are going to have, let's say it's ED, you're going to like EDFI, that's not a word, but I'm creating that word today. You're going to make your application speak ED language. It's going to read ED. If that's really what you want and you're applying for PMCV and you're putting it in there, I know you put it in and it gets dispersed. But I want you to think about the experience of the panel member that picks it up and is considering you as a potential Ainsley. Oh, wow. Ainsley looks straight away like a great ED fit because they've clearly identified X, Y, and Z. They've used ED language. They are speaking through ED potential experiences. They're showing us that they're already a potentially great ED clinician through what they've achieved so far. So I want you to think about your CV as an opportunity to show them why you're a perfect fit for ED. Now, this rule applies for PEDS, mental health, periop, any specialty, any pathway. And when you do that and you start scattering or lettering ED specific words through your application, that is how you will stand out. So for example, in your professional career summary at the top, you're going to show them why you're a perfect fit through your personal characteristics, through your lived experience, through your placement experiences, through your understanding of ED. I just reviewed a CV today and I wasn't sure what their goal was. I need to be able to know from the first section of your CV Think about like TikTok, Instagram. We've got such short attention spans. If I don't know straight away what it is that you're teaching me or what you're telling me about where you want to be as a grad nurse, I'm going to move to the next person. Right? I'm going to lose interest. That's just what happens. We're human. So that first section, make it very easy. Use the language. Talk about patient assessment. Talk about your experiences. Talk about working in a chaotic environment. Right. And then as you move through your CV, your education, if you've done anything specific to ED, drop it in there. 
Um, if you've done any little micro courses or certificates, drop it in there that are relevant to ED. And then when you're looking at your work experience outside of healthcare, whether that's an alien, a USIN, a RUSON, or you've worked in a different industry, think about how you can sell your skill set there. Think about how you can show them whatever you've done is transferable through to ED. If you think of ED, it's customer service, right? It's de-escalation of care. It is communication. It's managing chaos. It's managing multiple competing priorities. Most jobs in all industries have those things. And then as you move down into your clinical placements, the same rule applies. But what I want you to think about, and those that are going for a specialty program that have their eyes set on the prize, I want you to think about how can I transform each of these statements, each of these achievements and each placement to show them why I'm the best fit for ED? Would it be beneficial in one of your placements to waste space on your application saying something along the lines of, I don't know, a demonstrated ability to care for an elderly patient. Now that's going to become valuable in ED because you're going to see lots of elderly patients, but could you better utilize that space and make it more ED centric? You know, an example could be proven ability to use my critical thinking to comprehensively assess hemodynamically unstable patients. Notice there I'm speaking ED language. So, so important. We want to elevate our applications. That's how we do it. We speak the language we use the terminology from the industry and we make it relevant to the specialty that we're applying for. You do the same thing in your cover letter and your selection criteria. Exact same thing. And then those experiences and the way you sell yourself there comes with you to interview. I hope that makes sense. That's a long-winded, I've given you all my top tips there, but let me know what you think of that, Ainsley, and if that helps. You might have already told me. No. All good, let me know what resonates with that for sure. Such good questions. Ah, Stevie, love it. Should you reach out to NAMS and say you're applying for a grad position or is it annoying and should you just leave your application if you want to stand? I just want to stand out. So Stevie, love this. Do everything that I've just told you, okay, in your application. You can absolutely reach out to them. If you're going on placement to these places or you've been there, you can reconnect. Be strategic. Connection is what will get you closer to your goal. You can connect with people on LinkedIn. If you don't have a LinkedIn account, maybe it's worth getting one, setting up a basic account and diving into it. The other thing that you can do is call them and you can say, hey, I'm really excited about applying for this job, this grad program. I really want to work in your area. What tips, tricks, advice do you have? I don't have that available anymore for free, but we have that in our GCLP where we teach our grads to call the managers, what we call it. And we literally get them to call the manager and introduce themselves and explore their options and see what's possible. This is really, really important for those of you that are thinking about applying for jobs outside of a traditional graduate pathway. If you think about it, if you call the manager ahead of time before you apply, one, you save yourself hours in potentially applying for a job that was never a good fit for you anyway, right? I.e. the manager's maybe a bit snorky and you get a bad vibe, there's bad juju there. Or you turn around and you think this actually doesn't work for me because they're looking for X and I don't have that. Or maybe it's an hour long drive and they want you to work 14 hour days. I don't know, but you've got to gather all of the information. I love being a detective. Gather the information and then make an informed decision about whether you want to proceed with applying. So I would call, then decide, and then apply. And if you do apply, you've just saved yourself hours of time. The benefit of this approach is that when you do call ahead of time or you get in touch or you make a connection, 
think about how much more relieved you're going to be when you go to interview because you're not meeting them for the first time. A big part of interview fear is that you're meeting three, four, five strangers for the first time ever. So if you know one of them, you're going to be able to build rapport and connect and you're going to alleviate that fear a little bit. So that's what I would say. Absolutely do it. I think that it's a great strategy. Jessica, yes, amazing. You are so welcome. Bronte, you are so welcome. Chrissy, love this. Do you recommend setting up LinkedIn as a newly graduated nurse? So I do tell everybody to do it. If you are somebody that wants to nurse on your own terms, like you want to create your own path and or you're already in a job, 100% do it. It's a great platform to connect with people. I love snooping on there and seeing what people have done in their careers. I love seeing where they started and where they've ended up. For example, today I just interviewed somebody on the podcast. His name is Jed. He's an associate professor at a university. He started off in ED and now he's focusing his studies on gerontology. What? And he's a researcher and he lives in Hong Kong. Like I found out about Jed through LinkedIn and I connected. It is such a great tool to go and professionally snoop on people and see what they're up to and get inspiration for your own career and give yourself permission for what's possible. And it's also really great to find potential work. If you're a grad and you've connected with people on there and you really want to work somewhere, here's my top tip. Find them on LinkedIn. If they have a LinkedIn presence, great. If they don't, that's fine. And call them. But if they do, follow them, befriend them, send them a message, send them your CV. Tell them that you're interested in working with them in the future and you just never know what might happen. So I hope that answers your question, Chrissy. What else do we have? Oh, we've got so many questions today. I love it. Should I avoid the use of text boxes in my CV? I've heard that they become displaced in tech. They use to initially sort through applications. Yeah. So there's a couple of things here. We're pretty lucky in the sense that healthcare is pretty far behind with technology. Are you surprised? So like traditional application tracking systems and things like that are less common than they are maybe in like tech or other industries, but they still do exist. My top tip is making sure that you always export your document, whether it's a Google Sheet, a Google Doc, a Word Doc, into a PDF. Always put it into PDF. Once you've done that, you lock it in, you submit it as a PDF, nothing's going to move, nothing's going to change. I personally don't like text boxes. I personally like to just use the full width of the page and just use simple formatting for yourself. Through lived experience, when I used boxes and text boxes, it was out of alignment. It was harder for me to actually manage the whole document as it grows and builds and becomes two, three, four pages. And it also limits like the layout options as well. So I love a clean resume. I love a banner across the top with your details. I like just real clean left to right, no columns. Columns are no, no, because we read from left to right. So if it's not cohesive, what somebody's doing with a column is they're reading all this side first and then they're coming down this side. And it's a small detail, but small details matter when there's lots of people. So I would PDF it, export it. And if you've got the boxes, that's fine. I personally don't love them. Think about how you could just pull it all together with simple formatting. Always simple, always works. Okay. Ainsley, you're amazing. Thank you. That's so helps. Stop it. Thank you. I will take that. <laughs> yes. So I have a graduate nurse success series podcast. Free We've done like, I think 10 episodes, tips and tricks. And I've really thought about what we put in that podcast because 
I want you guys to succeed. Our big goal this year is to make sure no graduate nurses working in Coles, McDonald's or Burger King. It is just totally preventable and it's just not good enough. So that free resource is there. We also have our link in our bio. Everything is there. Our grad nurse hub, go and download our freebie and you'll get heaps of value through that. I'll send you a couple of emails and some trainings to get you from where you are now towards your graduate career nursing goals. Stevie, you're so welcome. Amazing. Do we have any final questions, queries, comments? I have loved answering these. I'll give a couple more minutes. Any little nitty gritty questions that you have? I know a lot of people at the moment are preparing for applications. So I'll take this moment to say that if you are preparing and you are thinking of getting support, there's so many different ways you can get support, right? You can hire a resume writer, you can download our freebies, you can go it alone, you can ask your friends and family, you can ask your peers, you can come and join our GCLP program. All of the paths will get you to the goal. It just depends what you want to create. One thing that I will say is that we, in our GCLP, our Graduate Career Launch Program, if you want to come and join that, we are making some changes in the next week or so around the one-on-one calls that you get with us. So currently, if you join before the end of next week, you'll get access to myself. I will personally sit down with you and my team and we will work through your applications to make sure that every application you put out is incredible. We started this because no one was doing it. No one was doing it anywhere. And I was sitting on panels as a nurse manager and I was seeing amazing clinicians just like you not land their dream job. So we work with you from start to finish to make that a reality. We take you from student straight through to grad and you get multiple job offers and we guarantee your results. We work with you until you land your dream job. So if that's something that's of interest and you want one-on-one time with us, alongside all of the other things that we offer in there, including the guarantee and the bonuses, you've got about a week left to come and join us. And the link is in the show notes. And you can send me a message and we can have a chat. Christy, Helium cover letters. What is a good format? Cover letters are tricky, hey? Cover letters are one of those things that I say, if you do not need to submit a cover letter and they don't explicitly ask for one, I say don't submit one. Why? Because you're probably just going to duplicate what you say in your selection criteria or your grad summary. Now, if they ask you for a cover letter and they're very clear and they say we'd like a one-page cover letter, we then have to decipher what is it that they want from that cover letter. Are they asking you just for a one-pager where you tell them more about yourself? Are they asking for a one-pager that you have to address three questions in and then pull it all together in a letter? Or are they asking you for a statement of claims against a set selection criteria? They do these weird things in healthcare around cover letters and amalgamating them with selection criteria and statements, and it's not just a generic cover letter. So that's the first step, is identifying what is it that they actually really want. Then from there, that's where we navigate how we tackle them. So Christy, that's what I would say. What is it that they want? What do they need from you? And then from there, you can pursue whatever it is. Ultimately, it's going to look like a letter. But for example, if it's a cover letter that's addressing questions, you're probably going to need to use the star format in responding to those questions, giving them examples of times that you've succeeded, that you've done something that they're asking you about. I hope that makes sense. We cover lists. I've wrote a blog post on cover letters. It's on the website through the link in bio again. And we cover this in depth when it comes up in the GCLP. We don't focus a lot on it because cover letters are becoming less and less common and they tend to show up 
with questions or statements of claims. So let me know, Christy, where you're at with that and if I can help you with that. Jessica, do you find out if you're successful for the programs all at once or do they come out at different times? Oh, such a good question. So, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if they just was like, there was a, a national portal where you submitted and you knew you were getting all your results on the same day? That would be incredible. But of course, it's healthcare and we've got to do it really hard. <laughs> so based on our experiences, having helped 150 grads land their dream jobs over the last few years, what we find to be true is it comes through in drips and draps. My top piece of advice is when you get offered a graduate job, take it. Unless you have red flags, unless you really, really know that this is not the job for you, you can decline it. Fine. If there's like the panel, and I want you to think about this, when you go through the process, you apply, you call the manager, you apply, you interview, you do your OSCE, you do whatever tests they throw your way. I call it nursing survivor. Think of that whole process as you getting to know them and gathering information about whether or not they're your best fit, whether they fit what you need from a job and a career. Okay, we don't just make decisions based on people needing us. We take a job based on the fact that, hold on, we vetted you, you vetted me, I vetted you. And I'm deciding with the information I've collected that this is the right fit for me. So that's the first thing that I would say there. And then if you know it's a, a potential option for you, say yes. And just proceed through the process. Every panel knows that people are going to say yes, and then they potentially might pull out. And what I love to remind people is that if and when you do pull out and you take another opportunity, you've just created another opportunity for somebody that didn't have one. Just remind yourself that. So your brain's going to want to be like, oh, I feel so bad letting them down and I don't want to burn bridges. All of that is total crap. No bridges are burned. No one's sitting crying into their pillow at night because you didn't take the Roger program. They will replace that person like you. They will fill it with somebody else and it will not impact how you progress forward, regardless of how you approach it. Of course, unless you are like, hey, your program's terrible, I never want to work here, then you're probably never going to get invited back. But all in all, accept and then make a decision. And that's why it's so, so important that when you interview, you don't just go in there thinking, oh, they're grilling me, you're grilling them. At the end of the interview, if you're not asking questions and you're not getting the information you need to make an informed decision, you literally are just going to be choosing blind is what I call it. You're going to be going in blind and you want to make sure that you have all the information you need to make an informed decision. Treat it like a patient. You wouldn't just decide that this patient needs salbutamol without assessing them, right? Same thing applies in your interview. Oh, I love that. Vainglory, yes, agreed. I'm assuming that's with the interviewing the panel. Christy, yes, thank you. I'll have a look. They're asking to answer seven questions. Yes. So some of those questions are going to be just simple list style questions, like maybe demonstrated commitment to the apricot of conduct. And it's like, yawn, how do I respond to this? You just write a couple of lines about it, right? Like a little story. I'm committed to APRA, blah, blah, blah. And then those questions that sound more like behavioral questions, right? Questions that are more like demonstrated ability to deliver comprehensive care. Those questions need a star. And you've got to map it out and you've got to do your situation, task, action, result. And then you're going to create and craft a really uniquely tailored example that shows them why you're the best fit for the specialty or the job or the program that you're applying for. Okay, so a great example of this where we see people trip up is they're applying for ED, but they give an example of community nursing. Now, there's transferability there, 
but the star would be better as like a, an acute care example. So you've got to rack through your brains and find the examples now. Christy, what's really good about this, even though it's a little painful, is that during the seven questions now, you're going to have seven potential examples that you can then repurpose and take to your interview. So this work is never like work that you're doing and then it's never used again. You're building a bank of examples so that when you go to the interview, you're like, damn, yeah, I've got this. And you'll just keep compounding that and creating more. So when they throw questions your way that are a little left field, you've got everything you need. Okay, so I love that. Christy, if you want help and support with that, we can help you in the GCLP. If that's something you're looking towards, you want to come and join us. We can help you with that. We will sit down with you and map these out and help you navigate all of it because I know what it's like. Amazing. We've got three minutes. I'm going to give three minutes left because there's a few people that have joined. Any final questions? We've had so many good questions today. I love it. Just know that regardless of where you start in your graduate nursing career, that you literally, like you, the world is your oyster. Just, just know and hear this. Deep in your soul, you can do whatever the heck you want. People will frown. People will say no. People will say you can't do this. I say you can do whatever you want. It is your registration. Run with it. Get it. And the world is your... You can do literally anything. And one piece of advice or wisdom that I wish I knew is that you never really know the how until you do it. You never know until you achieve the goal or pursue that path. So a lot of us try and manipulate our careers. We try and like, if I do this, then I'll do this, then I'll do that. And that's lovely. But you just don't know what's going to happen, aka the C thing that happened globally. You just never know what's going to happen and how that path might change. So instead of thinking about your career in this kind of like insular boxy way of thinking, I want you to think about how can you free yourself from career prison and career pathway prison as you start your career? Because if you gift that to yourself now, you will be able to just take any opportunity that comes your way and you will just create this beautiful amalgamation of experiences that will make you such a unique, highly sought after clinician as you move forward. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. I do this every Wednesday. So come along, ask your questions. And I will see you in the next one. If you want to come and join us, download our freebies. The link is in the bio. Love to hear your feedback and I'll see you next week. Bye. That's another week in the Graduate Nurse Success Series podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm sure this week has helped you further identify what it is that you want to be doing in your graduate nursing career and that everything is available to you. If you want to take this even further, make sure you go and check out our graduate nurse hub below. The link is in the show notes. And if you're somebody that wants to guarantee yourself a grad, well, what are you waiting for? Come and join us in the Graduate Career Launch Program 2023 intake. Spaces are still available until they're not. So we'll see you there.